But if someday could let you see what marvels the Lord worked for us, indeed we would like. Let the Spirit come down. Let the Spirit come down. Let the Spirit come down on me to change my life around. Our aim this week is to praise the Lord leading up to Palm Sunday and the great Hosanna. Our readings are from Isaiah and from St. Paul's letter to the Philippians. But the Gospel is from John. And in our Gospel we hear those words, If there is one of you who has not sinned, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. A chance of reflection and self-examination of our motives. We also have a wonderful hymn, Praise the Lord, from Mike Anderson. And our opening prayer will be from Father Don Gergen. But before that, uh, sorry, after that, we'll then hear the gospel. God of love, God of mercy, God of mystery, help us continually to open our hearts and souls, our minds to your goodness. Help us to continue always to seek you forever and ever. Amen. Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. At daybreak he appeared in the temple again, and as all the people came to him, he sat down and began to teach them. The scribes and Pharisees brought a woman along who had been caught committing adultery, and making her stand there in full view of everybody, they said to Jesus, Master, this woman was caught in the very act of committing adultery and Moses has ordered us in the law to condemn women like this to death by stoning. What have you to say? They asked him this as a test, looking for something to use against him. But Jesus bent down and started writing on the ground with his finger. As they persisted with their question, he looked up and said, If there is one of you who has not sinned, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Then he bent down and wrote on the ground again. When they heard this, they went away one by one, beginning with the eldest, until Jesus was left alone with the woman, who remained standing there. He looked up and said, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir she replied. Neither do I condemn you, said Jesus. Go away and don't sin anymore. There is an old definition of charity that includes thinking the best of others and maybe giving them the benefit of the doubt in their favour. It has a special link with mercy 
and trying to be less judgmental or swift to condemn. It's about slowing down, cooling our self-righteousness and not throwing the first stone. The Gospel for today presents us with the events surrounding the woman taken before Jesus to test him and shame her. When St. Augustine of Canterbury wrote about this, he made the comparison that Jesus is the perfect example of mercy, compared to the accuser's lack of compassion. These self-righteous officials are more concerned with trapping Jesus, and their indignation seems contrived to make Jesus slip up, so that they can charge him with some major error. Jesus responds in silence and then, by writing on the ground, asks them to spend their own moment of self-reflection. Did he write the words reported as spoken to them? Let the sinless one among you be the first to throw a stone at her? No one knows, but it did result in the accusers performing an examination of conscience. The theme from all the readings for the fifth Sunday in Lent could be even more positive by allowing us to remember that Easter has already happened. And as the psalm says, the Lord has done great things for us. The second Isaiah also announces that God has prepared salvation for his chosen people. The wonderful thing for us to remember during Lent is the power of God's mercy and the power of Jesus to forgive and forget, as it's already been demonstrated. John Paul II said, we should remember Jesus is the newness of life for those who open their hearts and after acknowledging their sins, receive his saving mercy. The evidence for this is in today's text. The Gospel is more in line with Luke's concern for the least respected in society, those that are lost or in need of a doctor. The unexpected gift of love and mercy is offered to the woman dragged before Jesus in disgrace in order to trick him in some way. She is being used once again by a gang of pitiless conspirators. If Jesus supports the scribes and Pharisees, he could be accused of acting against the Roman law of occupation. If he doesn't, then they think they have him for disowning Moses, an act that would surely antagonise any fundamentalist Jew. His first silent response in writing on the ground must have given them a sense of victory. You can almost hear the mob chanting, Come on Jesus, give us an answer, yes or no? Are you in favour of Rome or Israel? Then they see what he is doing and hear him say something about who's not sinned. The reaction to these actions of Jesus has many interpretations from, was, was it verses from Isaiah, to a list of those present who had also transgressed. His response made them see their lack of compassion in bringing the woman to such humiliation in the sacred temple and less witness to condemn her. They may have been reminded how Daniel dealt with the false accusers in a similar Old Testament event. They ended up being given the same sentence they wanted to enforce. Saint Augustine describes the woman left alone as the epitome of misery. 
We can picture her crushed and crying in a heap as everyone slopes off. Jesus offers his forgiveness and mercy and St John Paul II says restores her to full human and spiritual dignity. He may have helped her to her feet after he refused to condemn her, replacing her shame with hope for the future. Compare her attitude to those who refuse the merciful love of God. Consider the elder son in last week's story. Did he go in to celebrate or did he slump off like the accusers today? However, let's not fall into the trap of judging the actions of others and remember that whatever the circumstances and number of failures and whoever we are, we can always open ourselves to conversion and receive forgiveness. Pope Francis has said that one of the special capacities of Jesus is that he forgets. So the last words Jesus says to the woman after she says that no one has condemned her is, neither do I condemn you. Go and from now on sin no longer. Now we all know that this is an unlikely ending, but it's a good positive place for the story to stop. What if she did sin again? Like we all do. Is that the end of her relationship with God? No, says Pope Francis, Jesus forgets. And he gives the same support to all of us. Pope Francis continues. And after a month, if we're in the same situation, let us go back to the Lord. The Lord never tires of forgiving, never. It is we who tire of asking his forgiveness. Let us ask for the grace not to tire of asking for forgiveness because he never tires of forgiving. Let us ask for this grace. So, as we come to the last weeks in Lent, we pray to be accepting of this grace and also to be moved to see the emphasis is now centering on the love of Jesus as he offers the same hope of a new beginning for all of us as we travel through the Easter mysteries. Oh, oh, oh. 
Francis's prayerful end. Fast from hurting words and say kind words. Fast from sadness, be filled with gratitude. Fast from anger, be filled with patience. Fast from pessimism, be filled with hope. Fast from worries and have trust in God. Fast from complaints and contemplate simplicity. Fast from pressures, be prayerful. Fast from bitterness and fill your hearts with joy. Fast from selfishness and be compassionate. Fast from grudges and be reconciled. Fast from endless words. Be silent and listen. Lord, please come to me in spiritual communion. Send your body and blood gushing through my veins. Send your love into my heart, my soul, my mind. Lift me up to your bosom and infuse me with your divine love. Amen. Mindfulness meditation. Bring your attention to the movements of the breath in the body for a few moments until you feel reasonably settled. Breathe in, breathe out. Spend a few minutes practicing mindfulness of the breath, remembering that in the practice that follows, you can always come back to the breath and anchor yourself if your mind becomes too distracted or overwhelmed. Just breathe in and breathe out. Now when you are ready, allow the focus of your attention to shift from the sensations of breathing to hearing. Open to sounds as they arise. There's no need to go searching for sounds or listening out for particular sounds. Instead, as best you can, simply remain open so that you are receptive to awareness of sounds from all directions as they arise. As best you can, be aware of sounds simply as sounds, as raw sensations. 
ignore the tendency we have to label the sounds. And if it's possible, simply just notice the label and then refocus. You may find that you're thinking about the sounds. See if it's possible to reconnect with direct awareness of their sensory qualities. Don't worry about their meanings, implications or stories about them. Just breathe in and breathe out. Whenever you notice that your awareness is no longer focused on sounds, gently acknowledge where the mind has moved to and then retune the attention back to sounds as they arise and pass away from moment to moment. Then after you've been focusing on sounds for four or five minutes, let go of your awareness of sounds. Return to your breath. Breathe in and breathe out.
come down Let the spirit come down on me to change my life around Let the spirit come down Let the spirit come down Let the spirit come down on me to change my life around 